few days ago, kind of mentioned it last Sunday. We've been praying for it, not just of late. Since I came into the kingdom of God, I've been praying for revival. Been doing this for more than three decades, which is just a moment in the mind of God. But this morning, we're just going to go as far as we can get, and we'll pick up where we leave off next week, Lord willing. Signs of revival. Signs of revival. What are the signs of revival? In Luke, the first chapter, the 14th, 13th verse, I'll read down to the 17th verse. It says, But the angel said to him, speaking of Zechariah, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Anybody been praying for revival? Your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. Also call his name Juan. Amen? And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Let me just stop right there. Let me just stop right there. You know, if you're waiting on something and it comes, you have joy for it, don't you not? I mean, when it, when it happens to step in the house, I was thinking about those of you who've had this experience. I hope to pray, I never do. But you send your sons and daughters, husbands and wives off to war. And your earnest everyday prayer and thought is for them to come back home safely. You're anticipating, longing, yearning for them to come back. Now, if they come to the house and we meet them for the first time, we're like, well, yes, that is, that is great. I'm so glad that they made it back from their tour of duty. But then those that have been waiting and anticipating that son, that daughter to walk in that room, oh, it's more than just a little bit of joy, a little bit of gladness. My God, it's a right now. There is joy and gladness. That my son or daughter, husband or wife, mom or dad made it home. I want you to know there's a yearning in the depth of my soul and I've been looking and watching and it's more than just a walking up and shaking your hand and saying, oh, good to meet you, revival. Oh, no, I want to see revival come in and it's going to bring such joy and gladness to those that want revival. So we look here. For he will... Be great in the sight of the Lord. You know, to be great in the sight of the Lord, you may not be great in the sight of man. They may not understand you. They may not understand why you behave the way you behave, why you act the way you act. He shall drink 
neither wine nor strong drink. No whiskey? No. No vodka? No gin and tonic? No. No fuzzy navel? No. Long Island tea? No. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, please don't inquire to find out. <laughs> you wine bibbers, take note. There's going to be sobriety in the last days. We'll get into that in a little later. Okay. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. I know that messes with your theology, but hey, God's God. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to their God, to the Lord their God, to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient, to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John's name means God is gracious or graced by God. It's funny how that John, we can look at him sometimes in different, different lights because he represents a couple of different things there in the Word of God. Jesus said that there is none born of women greater than John. Now, I do believe he had an impact. Maybe that greatness comes from the fact that he was the one who was ushering in the Messiah himself. Maybe his greatness was the fact that he was the one who actually saw the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Now, the Lord Jesus called him a prophet, but we see he was also a priest. See, his job was not only as, um, as one to proclaim the word of God to the, to the nations, he also represented the Levitical priesthood because he was a priest. And what we lose in our Western understanding many times is, is the transference from one priesthood to the next. Jesus did not come after the order of the Levitical priesthood. He came after the order of Melchizedek that preceded that came before Levi. But see, the administration of Levi was going to end because there was going to be an administration of a, of a priesthood that we could see through Jesus Christ. So, whenever there was a transfer from one priesthood to the next, from one priesthood to the next, there was a baptism of the old into the new. So we have that as an aspect of, of John's ministry. But what I want to key in on today, as we look at this passage here, and we see marks of revival. Because what truly is revival? But the glory and the presence and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ showing up in every heart, in every home, in every individual, in every city, throughout the world to bring transformation to those individuals that will bring transformation to churches, to cities, and to nations. It's the kingdom of God not just coming to you, but the kingdom of God coming through you. 
that you not only have access to heaven now, but heaven has access to earth through you. My God, if we could get that revelation, it'll revolutionize some homes right now. That yes, you have an access to heaven, but now heaven wants an access to you. And that God will use your prayers, uh, he will use your influence by the power of the Holy Spirit to breach out and to touch others that are lost. Let that river of God that Ezekiel saw flow from you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And what did it bring? It brought forth healing to the nations. Who is the house of God? We are the house of God. And the river that needs to flow, not from the outside, but from within. Where does God want to bring revival? He wants to bring it in you, and he wants to bring it through you. He wants the Spirit of God to move through you that other individuals, even the nations, may be healed by the church of the living God. So what we, what we have here is Elijah also represents, because the Lord Jesus himself said it, for all the prophets of the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. The forerunner of Jesus Christ comes in the same power and spirit that Elijah came the first time, will come as a forerunner of Jesus Christ before he stepped on the earth the first time. But see, that spirit is the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, and he moves and should have never stopped moving from the first time John declared the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And it is you and I who had the privilege of being a part of the last day church and the same power that John represented and the same power that called fire down from heaven and the same power that illuminated the cross of Jesus Christ all the way back in 1 Kings 18 is the same power that the Lord Jesus said we would need in order to accomplish the work in these days in which we are living. We need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit like we've never needed him before. And it needs to be awakened because the church has ascended to uh, this uh, mindset, uh, a moral ascent, uh, and an and, and, and intellectual, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Intellectual ascent that we don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. Now, I'm not telling you that we as the body of Christ need to be a bunch of dummies walking around just choking down everything that comes our way. What we need is the power of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and teaching us the ways not of man, not of, uh, of humanism, but we need the Spirit of God guiding us every single day of our life into the deeper, richer understandings of the principle and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we look here to the Word of God, and I do believe there's going to be that former and that latter rain, because we're going to need it. 
we're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to need a greater force than this come against the church today. We're going to need a greater force. The enemy comes in like a flood. We've got something to stop him. We've got a standard. Amen? We've got a standard. We can stop the moving of the floodgates of the enemy. But when the church comes in like a flood, the enemy cannot stop the church. So, signs of revival. I want you to look here. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn hearts. Let me tell you where you can know where you are living in revival and you're living in that place and it's a mark and a sign upon your life or it is not. And that is when the church becomes wholly dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Wholly dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Where God now is not the, he's not just a byproduct of a, of a good life that I'm living or the source of that good life, but oh no, he becomes the absolute priority to my life. He is Lord. And I've yet to see anyone who calls him Savior without making him Lord ever make it any distance on this earth. The only way that I could wholly follow after God is I had to wholly surrender to God. And when I wholly surrendered to God, I fell in love with God because I understood the love that God had for me. But not until then. Now, God must become our main priority. And we become wholly dependent upon God. I want you to hear the words of the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. But I don't want you to hear it with your ears. I want you to hear it with your heart. I want the anointing to be what we call the anointing is the empowering of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the will and the work of God. Kings, priests, and prophets were anointed. They were set aside and set apart for a work God had for them. It's the empowering to do what we are called to do. And let me tell you, there is no infiltration of hearts without the Holy Spirit. There is no influence in people's life without the Holy Spirit. My daily cry to the Lord is, God, I want the anointing of the Spirit of the Lord. I want the anointing of the Spirit of God. I want the yoke-crushing, blind-eye-opening, prisoner-releasing anointing of God. I want the Spirit of God to move in you and through you so mightily that those that come around you understand you are not like any other person. You have something inside of you that is radiating outside of you, and it is the anointing of God. Why would we settle for anything less than the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Spirit Holy Spirit will do more than make you foam at the mouth some of you are thinking that you know you're, you're like you Pentecostals are like granola bars I had a guy tell me this one time I said what do you mean by that he said you're full of nuts flakes and fruits I said yeah but I got something you don't 
I got something you don't. You can call me what you want. And he kept asking me on the workplace, why don't you go with the rest of us? Why don't you pop the tops on these cold beers? Why don't you do, why don't you engage in this activity we're engaged in? I said, well, I've got a restrainer. (laughs) He's a governor on my heart. In fact, he's the governor of my heart. He's the Holy Spirit. And I don't do everything right, but let me tell you, when I do it wrong, he gets me back on track. Amen? Because he guides me in the direction I need to go. Would you agree with me? The world's in trouble. Would you agree with me that maybe you have relatives that are in trouble? Would you agree with me that Jesus Christ is the answer? And aren't you glad it's not wholly dependent upon our energies and abilities alone? (laughs) That there has to be the anointing. Some of you are wondering, what is this anointing you speak of? Now, in Old Testament, it was just a, it was a mixture of oil and some, some fragrances, and it was, it was sacred, it was set aside, and anointing means to rub on. So there was a rubbing on of the anointing and, and the anointing oil. And when we talk about the anointing in, in church, what we're talking about is that is a, we got a little oil right here. Oil, frankincense, and in in something else in there. So if you get a little burn on your forehead, it may or may not be the Holy Ghost. Okay. <laughs> a little cinnamon in there. A little little. Oh, I feel it. Whoa! <laughs> it happens. You know what I mean. <laughs> but there's no power in that oil. But it is the what that power represents. That power represents the Holy Spirit. Don't ever, never, ever. In fact, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait till there's an outpouring. Once there's an outpouring, then you know, all you need to do is be a recipient, recipient of the outpouring. But the first initial outpouring is going to take place 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's going to be an anointing that's going to come upon the church, and the church is going to walk out with that power of anointing. And they're going to look at you sometimes and say, man, these are some ignorant and unlearned people, but they know stuff that they shouldn't know where did they get this knowledge they've been with Jesus They've been, I got a little rub on by the Holy Spirit, uh, by the presence of God. See, church, what I want you to understand is that God is looking for a people. Prayer, as I told them yesterday morning, as we gather and we gather every week in the presence of God is so beautiful. And I have commissioned the prayer team as they come together. You can be a part of the prayer team. It's opened up to everybody. I couldn't get you here at 714 on Saturday morning. So we found out God really moves at 830 on Saturday. Saturday morning so we moved it to 830 now at 830 God's been showing up and when he shows up the glory of God can be felt in this room and he just guides us and what he wants to do so I commission them every week you got to bring that same atmosphere into the house because see he's the influencer I had a big dose of religion I had a big dose of the do's and the don'ts But it wasn't until the conviction and the Holy Spirit came down. I couldn't be 
who I was. I couldn't act like I used to act. I kept telling God, Lord, I can't, I can't, I can't source this thing. I can't do this. I cannot do it. I cannot live uh, this holy life. You have seen me. You know I can't do it. I, can't, I don't know how to walk holy. I don't know how to come out of sin. Lord, I don't know how to break the cravings. I don't know how to put down the bottle and let go of the smoke. I don't know, Lord God, how to, how to do those things. Lord, I just can't. I can't. And all the Lord would tell me by the power of the Holy Spirit is all you got to do is surrender. All you got to do is let go all you got to do is just let go and I will do the rest if you will wholly give all of your heart to me you will have holy access to heaven and now I will have access to earth but I can't Lord I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it and he kept telling me yes you can yes you can by the power of my spirit you can you can you can I said Lord I, <laughs> okay Lord you can have it all That very night, I was literally, I could see there was some demonic forces that I was fighting against. Never seen a vision of a demon outside of a person's face. <laughs> but that night, there was some warfare that was taking place inside of me. I drew back to a, to a little Sunday school class. A little teacher came in. And she taught us, six, seven years of age, how to say the sinner's prayer. If you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord. I just begin to confess and ask for God's forgiveness. And he gloriously forgave me. I got up the next morning and the Literally, the sun was brighter. The day was more beautiful. I was different. I didn't get saved in a church. I got saved laying in my bed, wrestling with the devil, wrestling with the Holy Spirit, coming to a place of surrender. How was that possible? Because I sat under an anointed preacher, and that anointed preacher, he would stand up and proclaim the truth of God. He would proclaim under the power of the Spirit of the Lord. I didn't understand half of what he was saying, but I could feel every single word that he was saying because it was saturated with the Holy Spirit, and it brought such deep, overwhelming conviction that I came to the place and said, God, I surrender! He said, great, now I want you to preach. Oh, that was another story for another day. I've seen church without the, without the Holy Spirit. There'll be no conviction. So you can't, in order for Jesus to co come forward, there was a forerunner named John. There's a forerunner named John. Graced by God to receive this message. Graced by God to deliver this message. Represented Elijah who called fire down from heaven to illuminate the sacrifice that was on the altar. 
You study it out, and you'll find out in 1 Kings 18th chapter, when Elijah brought Israel together, made that death challenge, they created a, he, he repaired the altar, and upon repairing the altar, at the time of the evening sacrifice, when he laid the sacrifice on that altar, baptized it three times, then he called out to the Heavenly Father, let this, right now, as we are turning our hearts back to you, the fire of God fell, and it was at the time of the evening sacrifice. It just happened to be at the time of the evening sacrifice. See, Israel offered a lamb in the morning, the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice. And the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice. A lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening. Day in and day out. And day in and day out. And then John steps up and says, Behold, the lamb that all those others were representing. Right there he is, the lamb of God that just doesn't cover sin. He takes away sin. He transforms forms the sinner and he changes the nature of the sinner he's not going to change sin but he will change the nature of the one who is sitting right there he is and they nailed our Christ to the cross at the time of the morning sacrifice and he breathed his last at the time of the evening sacrifice See, when the Holy Spirit comes, he does make us feel better. Sometimes he makes us feel a whole lot worse. Come on now. He's not just the feel-good God. He's the correcting God. He's the reproving God. He's the reconciling God to where you're at, to where you need to be. Now, if you're ready to surrender, yeah, it feels good. But when you're fighting against that surrender, it ain't so good. When you're trying to reconcile him to you instead of you being reconciled to him, you, when you're trying to justify your sins, I, well, Lord, you know my financial situation. we got to shack up. It's a death of silence. You know, Lord, you're good with this. I don't want to source my salvation by my own strength. And the only way to source my salvation is through his strength. By his sacrifice. I don't want to stand before God one of these days and say, Lord, I just I wish I would have, could have, should have. I want to say, God, I want to give all, I sell all, do all, be all that I need to be in, in you, by you, through you. Because the grace has been bestowed upon us. But see, the Spirit of God does make us feel better. But in all the years you've been searching for revival, did you ever think the landscape of the world would look like this? It never does, does it? But see, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? The same purpose that Elijah shows us. Why did the, where did the fire fall? It fell on the altar. It illuminated the sacrifice. 
it not only illuminated the bull that he that the the free will offering that he sacrificed that day but folks it was to let us know because the lord said hey if you can receive it uh, this elijah is john and what will he illuminate on earth it will be the completed work of the lord jesus christ because uh, what he is calling down uh, he didn't bring the fire but he pointed to the fire baptizer he said i'm going to baptize you with water under repentance but oh there's one coming after me who's going to baptize you with the holy spirit and with fire so the fire is going to fall upon you and what is he going to illuminate he's not going to illuminate a denomination see how twisted an denomination Sometimes it comes faster than I can get it out. What will the Holy Spirit illuminate? Jesus. What does my life illuminate? What does my life illuminate? My selfish will? My rights? My desires? Does it represent, does he illuminate the power of the cross? See, we can't have this illumination without the illuminator. He will convict the world of sin because they don't believe. They don't believe. He will convict the, the, the world of righteousness. Because you see me no more. See, without the illumination of the Holy Spirit, you'll come up with your own brand of righteousness, and it will not be sourced by God. Your holiness will include what you wear and, and, and all, a whole lot of other things. And it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit won't guide you in what you need to wear. Amen? But I think you get the reference that I'm making right now. That your righteousness is not based upon whether you have makeup on or whether you don't have makeup on. Whether you wear cottons or you have blended fabrics. And I'm not trying to throw stones at any, any person's understanding. What I'm saying to you is your holiness must exceed that of the Pharisees. It must exceed that of the outward appearance of righteousness. Uh, and what the Holy Spirit does, and when he comes, uh, he convicts, uh, and he says, Look, uh, this is righteousness right here. It is the Son of God living on the inside of you. Because he who knew no sin became sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. End of judgment. Because the prince of this world has been judged. The enemy has been judged. Oh, if they would but have known. <laughs> they would have ensured that no blood ever was spilt. Don't come against him, keep him propped up. They would have been persuading the, the, um, the, the Pharisees and, uh, and, and Herod's court and, uh, and, and, and Pilate. Uh, oh, no, no, don't, don't crucify him. Don't crucify him. Because the moment you crucify him, our world has ended. Our source of strength in the life of those that will receive the power of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's going to change the entire dynamic of the, of the way we rule in darkness. Do you all see that? 
that they would have known. But see, that judgment was for the satanic forces, for the watchers, the Elohim, those that had fallen, come against the righteousness of God, distort. But see, there is a judgment. It's a judgment that is reserved. those that refuse they refuse the completed work of Christ he said no I'll do it my way I'll do it my way I'll take care of my own things you church this is real this is real I can't tell you the number of people I put in the ground that didn't make it I didn't make it we think death is the end all to salvation and we preach that way because it makes us feel better oh they made a sacrifice 100 years ago lived like the devil's hell and never showed any fruits to give any evidence that they ever did anything for God but they're there at the throne of grace it's not real now I'm I will probably be surprised at who made it in and I may be real surprised at those who didn't. It's between you and God. It's between you and God. All I have is the fruit. But let me encourage you, have enough of God in you that your family doesn't have to question whether you made it or whether you didn't. see there'll be two groups of people those that wholly surrendered to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to his lordship those that didn't that's what it comes down to and we will all give an account for how we handled this sacrifice we will all give an account for how we lived, whether short or long upon this earth, how we deal with the completed work of Christ in our life. Stand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Joseph, just, I just want you alone up there right now. Just begin to play something. We started this new year off thinking, man, it's going to be, 
It's going to be exciting. Woo! We're going to rally the troops and we're going to be free in 2023. Man, what a good slogan. buried four people this year alone. Wonderful man of God that sat back here and led in worship and praise. And all we can think about is getting a people prepared for the coming of the Lord. Repentance is the roadway to revival. If you don't have repentance, you can't call it revival. You can't call it a transformation without some transformation. It's not revival without true repentance. Some of you stumbled in here today. Some of you are like, are they ever going to quit? Some of you are like, yes. I need to repent. I need to turn. I didn't get very far in my sermon today. But I just want to give one more opportunity. Because you've been sitting there, and you said, you know, if they'll just give me one more chance, I'll go. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move. You got an area that is unresolved. You got an area of repentance. I want you right now. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you're listening online and you're just right, make an altar right there where you're at. That conviction you feel in your heart right now is real. Roll off that couch. I don't care who's in the room. And you cry out to God. And you get to the house next time the doors are open. Do it now in Jesus' name. If you're in this house and you say, I need to get my heart right with God. I'm not living another moment. I'm going to surrender because I feel something right now. Right now, these altars are open. I want you to come. I want you to come and kneel and just begin to ask God for his salvation through your lordship. Just surrender to God in his lordship. Just say, God, it is you and you alone that I need. Come on right now. Come on. These altars are open. I'm not going to belabor this very much longer. We're fixing to shift and move. But right now, if you've been looking for another opportunity, this is it. Just say, God, I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. God, forgive me. Lord, save me. Lord, become my Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Father, we ask it in your name. We ask believing right now. We ask believing right now. With this presence and the conviction of your spirit, Lord, we're going to trust that those that are in this house are ready. They're ready. Ready to meet you. Ready to give account. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we pray. We pray, Father, that your presence, Lord, abide with us. Jesus. Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. God bless you. Give him praise today. You can be seated. Gentlemen, come down. Gentlemen, make your way down if you will. We're going to receive our morning tithe and offering. And Andrew, go ahead and make your way to the back if you will.
going to Savvy Sisterhood. This is ministry to our single mothers. They're going to meet today at 1 o'clock. Uh, if you're a part of that group, Jane welcomes you to come. Also, North Texas Food Bank is going to be Tuesday. This will be the last distribution of the, of the food. It will, they're, dis, they're discontinuing that mobile food bank, and so we've done it for almost three years. Uh, but we want to send you off with uh, come out and work hard, and we want to bless you with a meal. And so all the workers, if you are able or available, come on out, and uh, it's going to be more than pizza, okay? There's going to maybe some barbecue in there, some, so come on out and help us. If you got spring break open, it doesn't just let us know. We'll, uh, we'll make the order for food uh, Tuesday morning, and uh, they usually start lining up before 7, and so just if you can be here around 7, 30, 8 o'clock, it'd be great. Also, there's going to be a Hispanic outreach next Saturday at 11 a.m., and uh, Liz Davig has got more information on that. Uh, and that's going to be starting at 11 a.m. Meet next door. Meet in the FLC next week at 11 a.m. Bibles and Burgers will be out on the streets there in Quinlan. And uh, the address you'll, you'll see on the, they're going to be in Tawakini. And so uh, if you'd like to make your way out there to Bibles and Burgers. Empty nesters. Uh, empty nesters are those who no longer have children in the house, can you say woo-woo? Or you just need to get away from your kids for a minute or two. You're welcome. It doesn't mean you're going to have a gray hair and beard like me. Uh, if you just need a, a little reprieve, just come on out. Uh, we're going to have the planning session. It's always great fun. That's going to be over in the next door at, at 5 p.m. next Saturday, March the 18th. Also, the Flourish... Uh, this is our women's ministry. They have a luncheon uh, and that's going to be following the service next uh, uh, next Sunday. And so, ladies, go on out and enjoy yourself and and uh, appreciate all the ministries and the fellowship that takes place. Thank you for being here today. Please understand that you are not journeying alone. We've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to want him. Amen? Let him lead you and guide you in all things. Father, I pray your blessing upon the offering. Bless the gift and the giver. Lord, I just thank you today, Lord, that you give us the privilege to, Lord, tangibly be a part of the work of the kingdom. To tangibly, Lord God, exchange, Father, what represents our time. Give that as tithe, as a declaration that you're Lord of all. And I just pray your blessing, Lord God, to pour out upon your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you give today. Thank you for coming. Once the, once the ushers pass, you are dismissed. And if you're a guest here, we've got a gift for you at the back. God bless you. Thank you for being here.